baby, me and my gal, we have a radio to hear the sounds we love well and then use that we are to know. Chicken washing powder, sex and power, these fake a that song. Questions they answer and give us an opinion. So me and my money, me and my girl, we bought a television to travel around the world and learn things and make our education. One little kitchen, one in the hall, one big in the grand. Bars, religion, serious gossip wars, sensation. This is communication. They're walking and talking and yakking and rapping that thing. So I'm walking and talking and yakking and keep on rapping that thing. Hold it, baby, hold it. I said, same record, same old song. Burn it, baby, throw it away. They're pushing to consumption. Chicken, chicken, shower, brainwashing powder, games, chocolate balls, revolution, serious gossip, cars, temptation, water combination. They're walking and talking and yakking and rubbing that thing. Now I'm walking and talking and yakking and keep on rubbing that thing. Hold it, baby, hold it, I say. Turn off the television. Hurry back to bed, let us make our own So hey guys, welcome back to Name Pop. Oh god, I can't even fucking talk today. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Napalm and Friends. And I am convinced that this week's guest can tackle any project with vigor, ingenuity, and a side of madness. He has created a wondrous world through music that takes you through an audio roller coaster that leaves you with a dizzying high, especially in the album Black Widow. Widow? Oh my God. <laughs> it's Orvius Von Doom. So thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time, man. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you for those kind words, truly. That's such an honor. Well, I mean, I. I, de I did definitely like sit down and I was like listening to your album on repeat and I was like, damn, oh, like there's you. just so much to it and there's so many beautiful layers and <laughs> like I didn't know where to start. It just felt like I was, how can I compare it? Like it felt like I was in a fun house. You were caught in a web. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but before we get into your album, because I mean, at the time of this recording, you just released it. What was it like a few weeks ago? Yeah, like a week ago or two. Yeah. Uh, how did you pick up the guitar and like what how did you start writing lyrics? Okay, well the the way I started picking up the guitar was seven years ago uh, And I still remember the date funny enough on November 28 There's a long story behind that, but I picked it up because since I was little um, 
I was born with a birth defect on my left wrist mm -hmm. that is invisible to the naked eye. Like, unless I tell you about it, you'll know about it. But if I don't tell you about it, you'll never notice it. And that um, birth defect makes me incapable of twisting my left wrist. Huh. And uh, I've always played Guitar Hero, but the way when I would play Guitar Hero as a kid would be with my hand, my left hand over the neck. Uh, but instead of under, it'd be over it. You hmm. know, like I'd be pressing it like a keyboard, you know? Yeah. And so I would pluck with my right. <clears throat> and my whole life, it's always been like a, a struggle. You know, I've always found struggles with little things here and there. Mm -hmm. And uh, with that, with the wrist, you know, like I, I wouldn't go into sports because my dad was afraid that something would happen to my wrist. And so later on, when I turned uh, around 14, I got into it because I would I started playing drums. That was my first instrument. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to pick up the guitar. And I said, damn, but how can I do it? Like, I can't twist my wrist. So I couldn't play right handed. And then this magic spark of spark of imagination flew through me. And I said, well, why don't I just fucking play left handed? Right. Yeah. And then I I went to the store for the first time to a guitar store and there was one left-handed guitar in a swarm of million right-handed guitars and that i was, was like crazy. that's odd yeah i was like that's fucking weird you know that's groovy you know so i i picked it up and this one guy who ended up being like my first teacher in music mm -hmm. uh, dominic wagner shout out um he showed me an E chord, and ever since, like, I just, I just played with my left wrist, and I put it uh, my right under the neck, and that first chord just threw my journey into this loop that I'm in now. So yeah, that's how I started. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Well, you said that you picked up the drums first. Like, what was the process behind that? Uh, since I was little, uh, my roots mostly, I could say, is that my sister, my older sister, Christian, um, were 11 years apart. So our it's a huge difference in like our worlds and generation yeah. but i grew up uh, with a lot of tejano music mm -hmm. and a lot of like latin rooted music uh for those that don't know i'm hispanic because i wear the mask so you can't tell but uh, a lot of that lies in those roots and so my sister had acoustic drums growing up because she used to be in a lot of bands growing up but she was a lot into percussion instruments, such as, like I said, drums, congos, stuff like that. Nice. So I picked it up like that. I would, uh, I kind of said one day, let me try the drums. And, you know, she's an older sister and she was like, nah, don't mess with them. I don't want you touching them. So obviously when she was gone, I would just start messing around with the drums. <laughs> and <laughs> just little by little, I picked it up. And then eventually at one point, I'm like, I'm using your drums. And she was like, yeah, I can fucking tell. Like they're more beat it up than usual. <laughs> and I'm like, Aww. yeah. Yeah. So, but even when I was like four years old, one Christmas, my parents, uh, we were in Mexico, funny enough, and we came back. And, you know, they did like this whole Santa thing, like, oh, Santa is here. Yeah, 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 go, right? Like stuff like yeah. that, which means like uh, for the audience that don't speak Spanish, like, oh, Santa was here, right? Mm -hmm. And so what they would do is before we would get into the house, uh, like coming back from like a 10-hour trip, they would say, wait in the car, right? And I'd be like, why? And they're like, because there could be somebody in the house and we need to check if it's safe. But it was all bullshit, you know? It was just a way for them to, like, put out the presents under the tree. Yeah. And so I remember one year I got, like, a cool 
a groovy ass like drum set like you know like those kid ones that's just like a like i guess like it's a drum bass and then like a tom or in a snare and like yeah. a little uh like uh hi-hat i think or like a little crash or whatever and it's like a three-piece set right and mm -hmm. i got it when i was four and i was like yo you know i was so excited <laughs> but then like months later i like fell over it and i completely bashed it and broke it and then like six years later, seven years later, like my sister got drums, like an actual set. And that's where my music journey began. Oh, that's so sweet. So then yeah. your parents have always like invested in you guys musically from what it sounds like. Yeah, I guess now that I think about it in a sense to a degree, yeah, but it's never been something so prominent, which is weird mm -hmm. to say because uh, in my whole family, like I'm the only few musicians, but funny enough, I have a cousin uh that is like really well known in mexico as a musician and he's played like stadiums and stuff so i'm like wow like, i guess it just runs through my blood that musician like is rarely so yeah i guess so my parents had a little bit of influence but our our taste in music is completely different yeah no i mean in that case i'm glad that they kind of somewhat started that journey and you just kind of grew as an artist yeah. uh, and then i did want to touch upon your lyric writing process right so, I mean, what is that like? Like, uh, it varies. It, it varies. Uh, it depends. Cause sometimes I remember I had this one, like that guy that taught me how to play the guitar. And, and when I say taught me how to play the guitar, it wasn't like what I know now. It's just like the, the basics. Like here, this is a chord. This is that it works like this little bit of music theory. And then he kind of was just like, all right, it's time is your turn to learn. And then the rest, I was like, cool, you know? Yeah. But he would always tell me oh write a song first write the instrumental process first and then you can write lyrics on top of it and that was his kind of like structure mm -hmm. whereas mine is more like i used to write a lot of poetry in high school and growing up i would just write poetry nonstop, left and right and eventually i would create a tune and i would just sing and I would just be like, oh, I could use use that, use this. So it's always different. And sometimes I do create a song, the instrumental wise, and then put lyrics over it. And then sometimes yes. I just so happen to have lyrics and then just add them later to like music that I, or in, uh, songs that I make. So, I mean, there isn't like a, like a structured way exactly that you create. It's more of, whatever it makes I sense feel. to you. And it's like whatever flows throughout your head. And I think yeah. that's what adds, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> kind of adds to this kind of fun house experience. Like, again, that's what I got when I was listening to your album is that there's, it's just, it's such a wild ride. And it seems like I was able to get like a tiny glimpse of, you know, like what's, in, what's going on inside your head. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, like this is such a creative fun house. You know what's odd about that? Like, I will tell you this. Uh, some of the lyrics, because I, I will say this right now, a lot of those songs that I put out there are old songs. Like there, there are songs that I recorded like either two years ago mm -hmm. or, or finished them like two years ago. And the, the songs that I am going to release in the coming months, years are complete, like not completely different, but there are other realms. But anyway, what I was going to say is funny enough, lyrical wise i would make some of them up like for example the first song on the album mahalia mm -hmm. i just put the song instrumental i was finished and kind of following my like i guess guru's footsteps and how he would tell me to write you know mm -hmm. and then i put the song on and i just start singing and whatever comes to my head 
it's like oh, i like how that sounds and usually i wouldn't change any lyrics but funny enough like there's some lyrics that at the time make no sense to me at all like let's say like i like i don't know what song like oh like data perception or mosquito the second one mm -hmm. there's some lyrics that i used like years ago that have made no sense to me at the time. And now that I'm older and I go through experiences, I'm like, oh, that's what I was thinking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> or that's what I was feeling. So it's just so weird. Cause it's like, in a sense, I'm kind of like teleporting into the future and I'm kind of like, you're gonna feel this shit, you know, mm -hmm. but you don't know it yet, but I'm gonna like consciously talk about it right now. And then subconscious or consciously later on, you'll see it, but subconsciously, you don't know what I'm talking about. So that's pretty cool. Like that's something, that's why it's such a like, twist to it you know yeah and it's funny that you bring up the song mosquito because that's actually one of my favorites on the album oh, and there's i was like trying to listen to the lyrics at that like i was trying to pay attention because i'm more of a i need to look up lyrics mm -hmm. and i just kind of focus on just like the instruments that are playing but when i was right. trying to listen to the lyrics i, I kind of pick up like hornets something dragonflies like in the beginning <laughs> Yeah, it goes, uh, I flew the greatest battles from hornets to who dragonflies. I lost my wings in many things, including my own monastery, yet still. And then, and like, what I'm talking about there is like, it's, it's a journey of a mosquito mm -hmm. going through a hellhole of events. Like, I've been through so many things. And then that little chorus where it goes, and yet still, I've held up on my own. Like, I, like I'm still here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's something so, like, simplistic. It's such a simplistic metaphor yet i cover it with this like psychedelic realm of craziness and wackiness and it's like here but it's like you know i'm the mosquito whatever or whoever you know yeah and then i did want to get into you mentioned earlier that you do wear a mask on stage and you know yeah. you it, you have this like carefully curated look or at least that's <laughs> the way it, it comes off as where it's like this knitted mask where i mean i don't i don't even know how to describe it exactly so i mean if you could uh, for those people listening, my mask is a crochet mask. It's it's, oh, it's sure. uh, uh, made with these horns. Originally, it was uh, supposed to symbolize, or I mean, it still symbolizes this, like a jester mm -hmm. of like comedy and supposedly what I like about it. Oh, and time and history, what I like about that idea is that in, like there's many metaphors to why I wear the mask, but um the jester back in the day supposedly was the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the one that played the dumbest. And I've always liked that dynamic of like, haha, like you have this, I have this image and this mask on that'll throw you off. But there's that, that not only is it like capture attention visually, yeah, there's also that dynamic of like, OK, now that you're paying attention to me, I can perform my music, you know, and, and you'll your 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 ears will be more attuned to my music because not only are you visually captivated, you're like, a, I don't know, it's just like a psychological thing to it. You know what I mean? No, that's beautiful. I mean, I didn't know that as far as the history with jesters. And I do want to say for the listeners uh, so they can see it, see it themselves is that <laughs> I will be adding the link to your Instagram and all these other pages where they can also listen to your music in the bio of this episode. So definitely check it out. It's, I, again, I know I say this about like so many artists on here where it's like, it's well worth your time, but it's like, I mean it. It's like, these are just like amazing, incredibly talented people. So it's like, I, I mean, I kind of joke and I say, I do reverse gatekeeping where I'm like, I'm not gonna <laughs> hold anything from anyone. I'm like, no, I need everyone to kind of look at this and kind of listen at this. So. <laughs> 
That's funny. Uh, and then we had, like, I remember when we were messaging each other and we kind of touched upon how you developed your look based, not based on, but kind of drew the connection from when you were working at a costume shop. Yeah. I was thinking about this because, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day because you, you did mention it and I just so happened to tell you a few stories from that store. And for those that don't know, I used to work in this shop in Austin, Texas, called Lucian Disguise. Uh, the full name, I think, is Lucian Disguise with Diamonds. But instead of the sky, like the song, it's this guy. It's like a costume, mm. right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so nice. That shop was full of insanity. Like from the moment you walked in, not only is it a festival of psychedelia on every corner and color everywhere, and mm -hmm. literally, like, the, like if you look at the roof. You know how uh, every roof have like the, has these tiles, you know, like those like cream colored tiles. Mm -hmm. Well, this fucking store had tiles that had fabric on every single, like a different fabric and pattern on every single tile. And that's just the ceiling. Like everything around you was colorful and there was just a jumble mess of like, just a splash of, of a crazy Dr. Seuss exploratory of imagination basically so anyway i already dress very out there how i dress casually like when i go out mm -hmm. and it doesn't come from a spot of like oh look at me look uh like oh i'm dressed like this or like look fashion it's just something that i picked up and it's just my, a way of me expressing myself you know yeah and when i worked at that store i would dress how i dress uh, which is, you know, it's very infused with like 70s clothing, 50s, 60s, very vintage like. And when I worked there, uh, oh, let me explain what the store is to the people listening. This store is uh, basically a vintage shop slash costume shop for like high end productions or for just the average person that runs yearly round. And I worked in the vintage department, which consisted of me working from Roman period clothing to like the 1990s. So like I said, I would go in and I would dress how I dress. And a lot of the times, uh, customers that would walk in thought that I was like putting on an outfit. And they would be like, dude, that's a cool costume. And I was like, oh, thank you. But in my head, it's like, I'm just dressed how I dressed, you know? And, um, I think with working there, not only did it give me an exploratory like visual element of what I can do with my clothing and what captivates it because I consistently had to work with people and picking out their costumes, but it also gave me an opportunity to kind of have courage and being exploratory and having experimental clothing. And I don't know. I think that was just beautiful. And I think that's why I'm so comfortable, like wearing what I wore on stage. Like, that's the last thing I think about. Like when I have the mask on, I've gotten to a point where I forget I have it on. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's from that store. No, that's fantastic. And I mean, I, oh God, I wish I can go to that store. You know, I might have to make a trip out to Austin. Austin. And then I, you did mention some of the wildest stories that you that come from working in a shop like that so i don't know if you want to share any because I, mean, I thought they were pretty entertaining and hilarious i won't tell you okay i won't tell you who did this but let's just say one of my co-workers right <laughs> uh so i'll say so what happened was 
Oh, I don't even know I should be saying that. I don't even work there no more. So <laughs> fuck it. But um and plus by the way it looks like you could probably imagine like there's something that goes on here, you know? Yeah. So anyway, uh when you get when you get a job there, usually they do every Halloween because that's the month where everybody dresses up, you know, because of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get the job there, uh, usually it's like a lot of like young, a younger crowd. And I think I was 18 at the time. And so like I just out of high school, went to this crazy ass shop in a crazy town and I got the job. So they line you up. There was like 10 of us. 10 of us lined up uh, from like 18 to like 30 year olds, right? Mm-hmm. And I was the youngest male there. And the, everybody would call me the baby there after a while. Like, oh, the baby, you know, whatever. But anyway, that has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> um, when you get the job, like I said, they align you and they give you instructions on what to do with the job. Oh, you all are going to be doing this or how we say in Texas, y'all are going to be doing this, you know, uh-huh. and I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm just listening, you know, like, oh, that's cool. Like, we're going to end up doing that. We're going to do that. They're like, yeah, and y'all going to do this. Any questions? You know, we raise our hands. I said, cool. Here's a flyer for everybody on instructions. And the instructions are very like casual at the beginning, right? Like, oh, welcome to Lucy in Disguise. You have this job, blah, blah, blah. We're so excited to have you. You know, shit like that. Simple, basic shit, you know? Yeah. And then at the and then you flip it around and you keep reading it and reading it. And at the like at the very end of the fucking like flyer that they give you, this paper, it tells you, we would prefer you not take drugs or alcohol when you're working here <laughs> obviously you fucking get a bunch of fucking like 18 year olds to 30 year olds in a town on a college town austin's a college town by the way mm-hmm. like obviously you're gonna have like people that are on psychedelics on you know the simple things like weed and alcohol to like crazy things like cocaine and other stuff right <laughs> so there was an atmosphere that was so fucking chaotic so to add to that oh man So every year on Christmas, they throw this fucking gallant of a fucking party. And I'm talking to you like this fucking party is like everybody's dressed to the fucking T, you know, you and everybody's telling you, yo, you got to go all out. You got to go all out. So everybody's dressed like beautifully, man. Straight like fucking red carpet doesn't have shit on us. You know, that one time of the year, you know, and it was it was so groovy to see everybody like wow like some days y'all look like shit at the store but today y'all are fucking (laughs) flawless you know so i was super excited and i i wear like these blue pattern like beautiful bell bottoms with the fucking luxurious like suit that i got from there that i worked my ass off to get Mm -hmm. and i remember one of my co-workers everybody okay so like it's nighttime right the wolves are howling to the moon it's fucking crazy that atmosphere is wild we're having fun. We're dancing. People are drinking. There's drugs, this and that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You name it, right? Mm-hmm. And this house was the house of the owner. The owner is in like her like 70s, 80s. She's She's been having that, that like mom and pop shop for ages since like the 70s or 80s. Oh, nice. Yeah. So she's an elder woman. And what she does, she goes, okay, everybody. And oh, wait, by the way, her house is like just like the store. Like every room is a different color. Everything's themed the fuck out. Everything is just like this psychedelic warfare, you know? Uh-huh. And like to the point where there's like a coffin 
on the second floor and that's the last thing you even you're like that's like oh that's normal you know like <laughs> that's that's how fucking crazy like that house is you know oh, so anyway man. this this lady uh, which I forgot her name, but she's like late 80s, whatever. And she, you know, she's an elder lady and she tells everybody, okay, guys, I'm going to go off to bed, but you all enjoy your night, have fun, right? And it's kind of like when the your parents like go to sleep and like you're at a slumber party or something. And it's like, ah, let's have fun, you know? Yeah. So she goes to bed and that's where the true chaos happens and it was like like i said like just judging by the store how crazy it was and the color schemes and everything and the 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 stuff substances taken mm-hmm. so she goes to sleep and one of my co-workers i won't say who it was but i was 18 at the time and it's like when it, it's like one of the few moments in my life that has genuinely made me think like, man, what the fuck am I doing here? You know, Oh God! What but happened? it was it was so cool, though. But he, he ends up going person to person and he fills a, a cup of pop or a little bottle of poppers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to explain to the people that uh, don't know what poppers is, but poppers is like this like little bottle that you sniff and it kind of just takes you to another atmosphere for a few seconds, you know? Mm-hmm. So everybody is partying. He goes from one person, you want poppers? They're like, fuck yeah. They take it boom, to another realm, you know? Yeah. And then next person, you want poppers? Yeah, realms, you know, you want poppers nonstop, you know, every person line by line. There's like 20 people. And then that person comes up to me and for one split second in his drunken mind, like shit face mind. I don't know how he had this, like how he how he could coordinate. He just looked at me. He said, "You're too young," and he just walked by past me. And I was like, "Wow!" Like I was like, "Dude!" And, and it was just like, what's so funny to me about that story is that you can still be like thinking straight yet be in a whole other fucking world. You know what I mean?
Yo sé que tienes tu mujer 
es jabón ni tirando piedra. Cucu, muy cucu. No te metas con mi cucu. cucu. No te metas con mi cucu. cucu. Yo sé que tienes tu mujer. Cucu. Así que deja mi cucu. cucu. Cuando te pones pantalón cucu. y te tocas por detrás, cucu. se me salta el corazón. Y te quiero más y más y más y más y más y más. Si sí, me pongo pantalones y me golpeo detrás, nunca faltan los mirones como tú y los demás. No me canso de mirar, pero yo quiero tocar. Anda y no seas malita, si quiero una tocadita.
No, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, like based on other stories that you told me about that place and then just like the way you describe it, I was like, damn, like I need to go. That sounds, <laughs> I mean, just like a trip in itself, just walking in. Yeah, it's it's so it's on uh, for the for those people. Damn, I'm kind of advertising this spot now for those people that want to check it out. It's on South Congress Street in Austin, Texas. Lucy in the skies. Check it out. All right. You need to tell them to sponsor you, man. I, I honestly, yeah, no. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, something I did want to know. OK, so you did clarify that it is a crochet mask that you wear. Mm hmm. How did that come about into your wardrobe? Like, did you have it custom me or is it something that you just found? Half and half. I, I actively like thought like, oh, everybody wears crochet masks, like especially in the punk scene and all that stuff or like ski mask and all like that. That's been done already. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought to myself, like, what can I do to make it a little different? Which which I will say in the future, like I will be different. I, oh, I will be using different masks and stuff like it's not just the yellow one. Like I do wear other ones on stage, mm -hmm. but uh, that yellow one specifically. I was like, uh, you know, I don't want just a crochet mask. Like, I want something that'll like stand different. And I actively just searched for it. And I won't tell my secrets to where I got it from. But when I found the found out about it, uh, when it had the little like, uh, I guess horns, I guess I would call them, mm -hmm. slash like gesture, jester stuff, whatever. Um, I ordered it. <laughs> That's it. Like it was just like half and half. Like I actively went looking for it, like with something different, but I kind of ran into it too. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's something that definitely stood out to me. Um, where I'm just like, well, what is this? So I mean, it definitely works when you say like as far as gestures and just kind of like capturing people's attention and then just kind of like luring them in. Right. So I can vouch that it works. <laughs> <laughs> And then I want to know, like, what was your first show like? My first show with the mask or my first show in general? Uh, I mean, you can answer both. Uh, well, my actually, funny enough, my oh, my first show ever, which uh, was was a story to fucking tell. I will say that. But my first show show was on my birthday, actually, in 2018. Nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was my first show. But my first show with the mask was exciting because i was a little nerve nervous mm -hmm. i was like oh like will it be weird like how will people react and i will i've always wanted to have like this like i don't know this this not not mystery that's not what i want it's more of like i've been inspired by people that wear masks on stage and it's captivating and i've never been the type of guy who uh, goes for like, oh, what is it called? Like a, oh, a gimmick. You know, like I'm not usually the guy to go for a gimmick. This just kind of fell in my lap. And I, I guess when I did my first concert, it was kind of weird because I was nerve nervous. And like I said, like I, I was also excited at the same time. And I met this one guy at the venue that I was going to perform at. And it kind of gave me more courage because he and I were talking. He was in the music business for a while. And I told him, oh, yeah. He was like, what do you do? You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I play guitar and I sing and I music, whatever. Right. And he goes, oh, that's cool. Blah, blah. Just like small talk. Right. And then after a while, I go, yeah, I wear this mask on stage. And he's like, he goes like, what do you mean? I go, yeah, I just wear this like mask on stage. You'll see it. And I go on stage and I put it on. And people were like, what the fuck? You know, like they were caught off guard. Like I still get that reaction sometimes. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, what is that? But like I said, it's captivating. And 
I start performing and then I, you know, I did, did my set. I walk off and the guy's like, dude, like you should come to uh, where I live and blah, 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 where people are more like uh, conservative and scare them off with your mask. And I was like, I should, you know, but it was like jokingly. Right. And I guess that just gave me leverage of like, like this man is already thinking in his head like oh like it'd be so cool to see him perform over here you know what i mean although it yeah. may not be like the same so that that inside like how my mind thinks is like oh wow like it's already giving people like this like image you know what i mean or this mystery mm -hmm. behind it so i don't know i guess that was captivating to me and i do i also want to know like what has been your most memorable show this was before i ever wore the mask but i've been to a show where somebody almost got stabbed where i was performing well i went out while i was performing uh, somebody almost got stabbed in the restroom and the security guard uh, kicked out the guy that was going to get stabbed instead of the guy that was doing the stabbing. What? Yeah, so that was my most memorable show that I performed, yeah. I have a similar experience too as far as like a stabbing at a show. I mean, I wasn't performing. I was right. there uh, watching my friends. Dude, what the fuck is it about people and knives at shows? But um, I remember it was like at a warehouse around East LA and uh, I remember seeing like this commotion and then hearing like, oh, someone got stabbed and then like mm -hmm. they close the doors to the warehouse. They like kick out the guy who who is bleeding out. Like I'm kind of like, oh shit. I remember I brought my little sister with me because I was like, yeah, I know just it's going to be chill, just friends. Uh, I mean, so much for chill. And <laughs> yeah, I remember like hearing someone off to my right saying it's like, oh no, like that fool's my homie, that fool's my homie. And I, I turn and I see the knife in the guy's hand and I'm like, Oh. oh my fucking god i'm like what did I, <laughs> like what did i walk into you know and uh, you know like not only do i need to keep an eye out on like certain friends and then me keep an eye out from on my sister i was like that night was fucking chaotic but what <laughs> my favorite part about it and i know it sounds bad and i i guess i can laugh about it because the guy lived yeah right. um, same <laughs> on my end <laughs> on my end see we can laugh about it everyone's fine <laughs> yeah exactly so, this guy is like bleeding out in, on the sidewalk and I have a friend who has like- Oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> I was not expecting, okay. <laughs> he lives, he's like laying on the sidewalk. Right. And my friend who has like very long hair and looks like Jesus is standing over him. And I couldn't right. stop laughing at the imagery of like, or the thought of like this guy opening up his eyes after getting stabbed and seeing Jesus, Jesus. stand over you. <laughs> so yeah, no, I don't know what it is about people and knives at shows, so. Yeah, like I think it's just the 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 anxiousness of everybody being close to one another and like ah, like something's gonna go off, you know. But it's like <laughs> I don't know. That's no, yeah, maybe. That's funny how your mind went into that realm of like this motherfucker looks like Jesus, and if he dies, like the last thing he sees is Jesus. You know, like it's kind of like counterintuitive. You know what I mean? Right. That's so funny. And then I remember asked my buddy, uh, Daniel, and I was like, hey, man, like, what were you doing stand just standing over him? He goes, well, I called 911. And then he goes, <laughs> I just kind of like kicked the guy a little bit. and be like, hey, man, do you know you got stabbed? He was <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> right? Like, so, my he's like, so my buddy's like, yeah, I didn't want to touch him or anything. So it's like, I just called 911. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, like, I think you're the last person anyone wants to see after getting hurt. <laughs> Oh my, oh man, that's funny. Yeah, on my end, like I said, like it's trippy, like, cause you know, like always when there's a knife involved, it's just a trippy story. Yeah. And on my end, like how I said, like they threw the guy out that was gonna get stabbed. And I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. 
my god man that's funny i can't imagine yours though i would like knowing me and how i think in my head like i would probably think the same thing like he looks like jesus like that's like that's funny that's hilarious dude okay so just a question that i ask across the board after this like very lively talk about getting stabbed (laughs) Uh um if you had to build a class curriculum what book album or artist and film would be on your class syllabus can i add all of them like all every yeah like okay cool so i think the book will be called enter the mind of orpheus right mm-hmm. and then so my top three artists would be Jimi hendrix obviously um this band called parquet courts who have been a tremendous inspiration to me mm-hmm. and uh i can go on so on and on and on and on but Okay, it would be like 60s music, right? Across the board, like 30s music to like 60s music. And then another artist would be uh, Damon Albarn, which is a creator of Gorillaz. And what I love about Damon Albarn is not, not only can he captivate an audience by still being like a thing every year after him being in the music business for so long. And he kind of allows himself to be open-minded, like, oh, I could do this, I could do that. And like the different features and all this stuff but uh those will be my top three uh, i'll give a, a special bonus andrew savage from parquet courts um the the lead singer uh slash vocalist slash um or that's the same thing but uh guitarist um he's a great artist to look for especially his album thawing dawn uh, which is amazing and i think on the playlist that i gave you i gave you one of his songs you did uh, so that's my artist. Me, uh, what was the movie, right? Film, uh, yeah. Film-wise, oh man, I can go so many places from Jodorowsky to like, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy from Inception, the one that directed Inception. Oh, the name escapes me. Oh, I just had, I wrote this down earlier too. <laughs> I was just thinking about him. Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, there you go. Uh, Christopher Nolan, Inception. Uh, I just love Inception and Tenet on how, I don't know if lucrative is the right word. I don't think that's the right word, but how puzzling yet controlled his writing processes. Mm-hmm. Because you can be, again, like we keep saying this word, but captivated by the storytelling, yet there's like a million things going on behind it, you know? Yeah. It's, and I kind of think of like my music that way. Like if you listen to like, uh, again, Mahalia, for example, or Doubt of Perception, or, must, you know, just any song, <laughs> I have like the main thing you hear. But if you listen to it with headphones, like, and you really pay attention, I have like a billion things in the background. Huh. And uh, art-wise, book-wise, I highly recommend Jamie Hewlett, or artistically-wise, uh, Jamie Hewlett and bookwise authors Carlos Castaneda, which is a huge like inspiration to me for um, on his uh, just writings and teachings of Don Juan, which is like this whole story of how he came with like uh, psychedelics and all that stuff. But it's just uh, it's, I don't know. It's just, I find it very fascinating his writing process and how he describes his mindset. Uh, in the 60s and kind of looking back at how 
knew all those things were, you know, or, or this whole other world and him experiencing it for the first time. I think that's just beautiful to me when people can, when you can ask yourself, oh, when was the last time I did something for the first time, you know, Ooh. and then uh, you do something new. I don't know. I just kind of love that. Uh, oh, Submarine. There's this movie called Submarine uh, by, I think it's Richard Iodi. I feel like every fucking high school should show this to like seniors mm -hmm. and because it's a beautiful love story. And also, or I don't know if it's Craig Roberts or Robert Craig, which is the actor that performs in that movie, has this film called, um, I think it's called Eternal Beauty. And it's about this lady who's schizophrenic, but it's such a dashing, lovely, ominous, beautiful story that I think so many people should watch because, uh, shout out, I have a friend who has schizophrenia and she is one of my favorite people on earth, but not only because of how her mind works, just how beautiful, like her, her thinking is like, you know how you were talking about like the Jesus story, like how you were like. Uh, like, oh, that guy looked like Jesus. It's like things like that captivate me, except with this friend of mine. It's like to a doubt, like to everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, wow, like just like seeing that mindset is like amazing. And not only is she fucking funny, but like, I don't know, kudos to the movie, like Eternal Beauty for showing a side of schizophrenia that because usually it's always portrayed as like demonizing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of like that the director... Uh, I don't know if it's Robert Craig or Craig Roberts, one or the other, but how he portrays how beautiful uh, somebody with such a dilemma or I mean, I wouldn't even call it dilemma. I think like a power, a superpower mm -hmm. uh, can overcome such horrid things in life and still tell themselves like, you know what? At the end of the day, I can still be I, I still am beautiful, you know, so yeah. I, I, that's a movie that I really would like people to see Eternal Beauty. You know, it's funny, like based off of your recommendations, again, please correct me if I'm wrong. You really have this fascination of the misunderstood, like the little misfits in yeah. society where it's like, no, there's more to it than just this label of like misfit or just kind of like outcast. It's like right. there's so much more beauty and like there's so much more like just richness in the yeah. community. Yeah. And I think that's I think it's uh, like I said, it could be a superpower, you know, as long as it's not used in a wrong way. But you're completely right uh, from your perception and what you've observed. Uh, that's why I had this pro or I have this project uh, where if I don't just want to perform by myself or my Orpheus Von Doom music, I have this project called Humans Belong in the Circus. Mm. And that's technically what it's about. It's a collective of like outcasts, you know, you can, you know, whatever uh, you want to say, say upon it. But it's a project where I can get like various musicians from whoever I know perform new songs with me that I've written down slash just jam out with them. And I like calling it humans belong in the circus because I think humans are too egotistical you know what i mean so oh, no, they are. <laughs> yeah and selfish and we think we're the prestigious the, we're the most prestigious like uh able mind or like i don't know like just just mind that like across animals on earth and all that stuff and I, in a way it's kind of like my fuck you you know my statement of like eh, like you're y'all everyone's full of shit you know yeah 
And so humans belong in the circus. It's kind of like what you just said, you're describing it perfectly and beautifully too, of like, I have this fascination of the misunderstood. And it, I don't think it's a fascination. I think it's because I grew up misunderstood. And um, like I've, I've always been like, yeah, I could make friends. I could do this. You know, I can hang out with the homies. I, I, like, it's not hard for it, but I've always never felt um, like my crowd. You know what I mean? Until recently. No, I completely get what you mean. And then I will say to the listeners, it's like I will also be adding link to Humans Belong in the Circus as well, because, again, there's just so much going on. Like it's either visually engaging or just like audio. And it, that just like cat like the, just reels you in so that you have this beautiful community around you. And, you know, like I'm su again, I'm super glad that our little world could collide. Yeah, me too. Because, I mean, I'm super glad to like at least get at least like peek into yours where I'm like, what's going on over here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like I'm, I'm beyond honored to have been welcomed into your little world. And I do want to say to the listeners again, like check them out, you know, either Orpheus Von Doom or humans belong in the circus because there's just so much going on.
sun Lays me down with my mind She runs throughout the night No need to fight Never a frown with golden brown Every time, just like the last On her ship, tied to the mast Two distant lands Takes both my hands Never a frown With golden brown Golden brown Fine attemptress
questions for you other than what advice do you have for budding artists 
if you want originality, look outside yourself. Like, don't perceive yourself uh, as what you think you are. Kind of take that step back that's needed and be open-minded to the flaws that you have and kind of not love those flaws because you're not going to fall instantly in love with those flaws. But, like, with musicians slash artists, we, I know for a fucking fact if I talk to another artist, we have this dilemma, this this fucking like tiny like splinter in our damn ass of like, oh, this is not good enough. This is not blah, blah, blah. This is that all that bullshit, you know, like, oh, I could do better. I could do this. Like sometimes it's OK uh, to limit yourself and your beauty and art without having the need to validate with yourself like this is this is amazing. You know, you kind of have to just take it for what it is yet play around it and experiment with that flaw of yours because you know like yeah you might release some shit like for example like me like a big fucking oh man i'm gonna say this right now when i released this album black widow if you listen to it on spotify every single on spotify only for some reason it all my levels are wonky Hmm. like on every song and that's a huge flaw of mine because I think I uploaded the wrong one mm-hmm. where it was like leveled out. But on like Apple Music and other platforms, all my songs are leveled out. Although I can and what I, the reason I'm saying this, you know, is because although I can kick my ass about it and be like, ah, oh, like, you know, like you could have blah, blah, blah. It's like it's just a learning process like next time, you know. So that's what I'm saying, like for the people that think like oh i have to be superior at the at the beginning and yeah it does matter don't get me wrong you do need this like this this courage courageousness of like i'm gonna do it like this and and it has to be well done to an extent you know it doesn't have to be perfect but it can be well done to an extent you just don't you don't you don't have to be perfect work with your flaws and little by little that learning process will teach you beautiful things amazing things and i think that's wonderful about life that's what's groovy about life Oh, that's beautifully said. Thank you. I do want to touch upon the first thing that you mentioned, because, I mean, after a year or so, I mean, I can't recall anyone giving advice like this, where you said, take a look at yourself from the outside, like stripping your ego down. Because mm-hmm. I think that is, I mean, not, I mean, outside of artists, I think that's just something that should be done overall for everyone. It's like, you know, strip your ego and kind of like really honestly assess yourself like your strengths your weaknesses and especially like look at your weaknesses and i I don't want to say weaknesses but like flaws and understand that that's what makes you unique yeah yeah so i really wanted to like emphasize that point because i was like oh shit like when you said it i was like oh my god you know you're so right i never thought about this (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate that yeah it's taken it's it's been a long journey to be able to say that but um, yet I'm still learning, you know, like yeah. just cause I say that doesn't mean that like, ah, oh, Orpheus got his shit together. It's like, fuck no, dude. Like I'm, I'm human as you are, you know? So I, I think that's what I would like to tell a fan of mine, I guess, or a person that's just, you know, happens to run into this conversation and just as a human to another human, like, like I said, uh, I think it was, uh, if you want originality, take a look at yourself outside of take a look at yourself outside of yourself i think or something like that Mm -hmm. but yeah i think that's that's the only way to truly embrace your flaws and embrace your your pros because you know you also have to embrace your pros you know you can't go through life just saying like 
oh, like this flaw here and there. Like every now and then, don't be an asshole about it. You know what I mean? Like, don't be like, oh, I did this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But just pat yourself in the back and say, you know what? I did it. And yeah. it's good enough. Like me with this album. Like, yeah, I fucked up with the sound levels with that, but it's okay. Like I at least released it. And if I am getting feedback from it, then it's like, okay, limit. In the future, I can probably remaster it or whatever and just release it better or no, you know, kind of accept it for what it is, you know? No, definitely. And uh, I mean, same thing with the shock where it's like, you can actually hear the growth. Like when I first started, I was just so shy, so nervous. Like the first episode is still out and it's like so cringe. And I, I'm so, <laughs> I've been meaning to revisit it and like listen to it again, but I was like, oh right. God, <laughs> like I don't right. hear my voice again. But um, yeah, it's exactly a learning process, you know, like no one's gonna be, no one's gonna have their shit together. I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna ever have their shit together, uh, ever. Never. Um, but yeah, I, again, I don't have any other questions for you. I am beyond grateful that you gave me a bit of your time, unless you had a few final words for listeners. No, I, th- I just wanted to say thank you for listening and uh, just carry on with your day with peace and just remind yourself that um, that learning process isn't always gonna be a high, you know what I mean? yeah so that's it very wise words so thank you uh so until next week guys (laughs) thank you